Sound Radio. So we are here today with Mark Baker. Uh, thank you for letting us come and interview you today, Mark. And we are at Tea Crumb. And we've come along today because we're doing an I'm a Celebrity special on the Community Voice Show. And we're pre-recording this and it'll go out next Tuesday. So, Mark, just a little bit of background about yourself, first of all. So, okay. I'm from Pristatin, originally. And my father's family had lived around Pristatin, North Wales, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And um, they were very kind of active within kind of Welsh arts and culture. And some of them actually went over in the mid-19th century to found the the Mormon kind of chapel um, mm. out in Utah. And they had the, um, the famous choir there. So I think some... Dis, um, our great 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 grandfather was the um, like the choir master, something like that. So they're all very you know, very Welsh. And um, I went to school in Colwyn Bay, and I would pass the castle every day to and from school. So along the A55, mm. seeing it kind of deteriorate as a kid in the nineties, and that's what kind of caught my imagination. Right, okay. Um, I remember the castle as well as a child. Um, you know, I'm a local girl as well. And uh, there's been a lot of lot going on around the castle, hasn't there? But I'm just going to get, first of all, how did this come about? Where did you sort of appear from in regards to the castle? Uh, so you, when you left school, Mark, uh, did you go straight into some sort of working environment? Did you go into higher education? What What's that path that you've took so- earlier pre so when I finished school, um, my it was a bit bit grim, but um, my grandmother had a very horrific. My mother's mother um, had a very horrific death, and um, at Glen Cluid, and um, she caught MRSA, and oh, she was wow. in intensive care for eight months. So yeah. I was going to go to Oxbridge to do history, mm-hmm. but because of that kind of it was it was just so kind of draining and stressful. I missed all the open days, mm. and um, I decided to stay local because um, it was so traumatic. I was like exhausted that um, went to Bangor instead, okay. and did history and archaeology there. Oh. And um, I think staying local was for me a good decision because. Um, there's something which I have noticed in North Wales. There's something called like brain drain that lots of young people leave mm. to yes. go elsewhere yeah. to get jobs and so on. So you get a lot of people leaving and not really coming back. So my life path was a bit different because I've stayed here and I tried to kind of invest my time and energy in trying to help people and communities Okay. So, um, so I set the castle trust up. When I was very young; I was only about thirteen. And thirteen years old. Yeah, yeah. Wow. How did that come about then? Um, just I think by by fate, really. Kind of, um, I wrote a letter when I was eleven or twelve to the then Prime Minister Tony Blair and then the Prince of Wales, about the castle falling into dereliction. And they wrote back and said, you know, this is something that needs to be saved. 
And it was that sort of encouragement when you're young and a bit naive that made me want to kind of push things forward. How interesting is that? So when you were saying that you were travelling from Prostatin through to Colwyn Bay mm. um, as a child to go to school, you really, really did take on board your environment and, and, and particularly the castle and yeah. what was going on with the castle then. Uh, it's fascinating at 13 years old to start getting involved with things like that. But not going to Oxbridge may have been sort of fate for you then. Totally. Because you've stayed here. Yeah. And your yeah. roots have st- and your roots go back hundreds of years here as well, don't they? Uh, and it's lovely to know your background like that as well. I think it's fascinating to go back into your history, isn't it? So if you can just tell us a little bit about the trust then. What happened? How did that develop from when you were 13 through to now? So when, when the trust was set up, in must be 1996-97 it had some early quick wins so we got the building upgraded to grade one which is the highest level of protection in Wales the new age travellers who were at the castle were evicted by the local authority so they asset stripped and burnt out the interiors I remember when the new age travellers were there yeah and then we persuaded, you know, for an 11 or 12-year-olds to do this is a bit weird, but um, it happened. We also persuaded CADU and the local authority to board the building up mm. to protect it. This all happened in 97, 98. So it kind of, it set a very good kind of base for the trust to work from. Okay. So... At that time, in the late 90s, early 2000s, the castle was owned by an American who was absentee. I remember that, yeah. Lived in California. And before the internet, California was a very distant and remote place. Yeah. You All we had was a postal address and a fax number. So we would write to him, say, you know, what are you going to do with the place? Um, never got any response. And I think it was also... Having such a a young adult involved with such a kind of prominent building mm. attracts a lot of press attention as well. Okay. So, you know, everyone was interested in this kid from North Wales trying to stay mm. save his local castle, and um, lots of people got involved. Prince of Wales was amazing, actually. You know, he oh, kind okay. of met me and said to me that I should do a book on the history of the castle. So um, so I did that. So I had my first book published when I was about 13 as well. Well, that's fascinating. What's the book called? So it was The, the Rise and Fall of Grich Castle. Well, we'll be looking at that. Well, <laughs> I, I don't have many copies left, but um, you see them on eBay. They're like £120. Are they really? Crazy. Absolutely right. crazy. Uh, just, they may be more interesting that now because yeah. of how prominent... The um, the I'm a celebrity sort of things just worldwide now. Yeah, um, yeah. It's absolutely amazing that you guys have um, managed to get this done and put the Greer Castle and Abigaily on a world platform. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's fascinating. So, how did what happened there then? How did the I'm a celebrity producers or the management actually contact yourselves? What? How did that happen? So we got an email, which ended up in in the spam folder. (laughs) And 
we just ignored it because during <laughs> COVID, everything was shut. Um, we were just working with our core staff um, because it's a big place. It needed you know, maintenance and security and so on. And um, we were just working towards an emergency works package, which was to kind of rescue the main building. Mm. And we had a couple more emails. So I thought, well, you know, they're persistent. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, the um, people are, aren't they? <laughs> and I thought, might as well just like follow it up. And then it turned out all to be real. Um, but they, we wow. didn't know it was I'm a Celebrity until really late in the oh, process. Right. So was it just ITV? Yeah. That well, contacted, it, and they didn't mention it's I'm a celebrity or anything like that? Yeah, basically. Yeah. So they were watching the situation between UK and Australia. Mm. And then it was in August, late mid-August, when the borders in parts of Australia where they film I'm a celebrity shut. Okay. And they said that they weren't going to have people coming into the country. So that flipped it to definitely coming to Wales. So that happened. And then within 24 hours, we had a contract. Oh, my God. We had to review our solicitors. They were working kind of like, like over 24, 24 hours, hours a day. <laughs> trying to get it sorted. <laughs> mm. And um, it all happened really fast. And thinking about that, because if it was August and now we're at the filming stage then a lot of work has been done between then and now, hasn't it? I mean, the, the, was there lighting, for one? I mean, that's one big thing that people are talking about, is the lights lighting up that castle now. Um, what sort of lighting, what sort of infrastructure, has it been like a massive operation? So there's no electric, no water at the castle, so all of the, the pipes were stolen by the New Age travellers. So... All of the electrical cables were taken. Mm. So it presented quite an interesting kind of prospect for ITV that you had somewhere which was basically an, a complete ruin mm. without facilities, doesn't have toilets. So we only got like a portaloo. Um, so what they came to was literally a bit of a blank canvas and um, our next step will be to get water and electric to the castle because yeah. it needs it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got loads of volunteers and members of staff, public, that come. And, you know, it's difficult not having toilets. Yeah. So one thing that I think has been amazing is that during that kind of setup period... ITV and the castle created around about 500 jobs for local Instantly people. Instantly 500 jobs. And what sort of jobs were they then? So Grosvenor Construction, who are based in Kimnall Bay, historic building specialists, okay. brought in teams of people from stonemasons to joiners to carpenters to start doing the emergency works, which we were working on. Mm. And because of the, the schedule, um, they had to do faster yeah. than usual so within two months the emergency works were done so it made it safe for people to go in but they had a couple of hundred people alone working for them wow. and the sets were um, partly created by the furloughed staff from okay. venue Cymru and theatre Colwyn okay so 
Oh, that was good. Yeah. That linked in with, um, you know, because in the arts, because of COVID, mm. um, the arts world has just been decimated, hasn't it? You know, these, these guys have just not had no work. And for them to be able to do a set like that as well, mm. that is just amazing. Yeah. Definitely. So when, when you're watching it on TV, a lot of that has been created by local people. Oh, fantastic. So the set dressing. But it's even, you know, down to, like, Portaloos are from Waterloo Higher who I think are based okay. I'm in Rill or Rudland. Okay. And um, all of the, the, the picture of Dave the Jester, which you might see. I love Dave the Jester. He's amazing. He's so creepy in the eyes. And the And the accent yeah, is yeah, just yeah. hilarious. So that was printed in Rill. Right, okay. Yeah. So it's all part, of, part yeah. of our decision to move forward with ITV was that it had to have local benefit, that it had to employ local people because this year has been horrendous on every level Mm. and it needed to be that lifeline. Yeah, and I think it has been, uh, especially talking it through with you today, because there have been, there's been talk about so many local people getting work and then other people are saying, no, we don't think they did, but it's great to have that clarified that up to 500 people, local people, have actually got work from this as well. But that 500 is just for the the castle build. Right. But when you take in all of the accommodation, all of the yeah. catering, they've yeah. got local caterers there. Mm-hmm. They've been using all the local pubs. So the Pennabont in, yeah. in Abergale was where they went every day during the setup period before the second lockdown happened. You know, it's it's that kind of spend. It's, it's massive, yeah. It's massive, so, and it, 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 with the same it, any sort of economic type, it, it, it sort of trickles, doesn't it, yeah. through to different aspects. But they've been using different like organisations, local butchers. It's every they. One of the most amazing things was a lady from Anglesey um, created beeswax wrappers, which were environmentally friendly for wrapping up food. So Kiosk Cledwin has got all his food stuff wrapped up in these locally made, environmentally, sorry, environmentally friendly wrappings. Wrapping. So, um, so, so fine details like that, and yeah, how important yeah. are they? You know, but it all uh, come out. You yeah, know, when, brilliant. Because we're working on what's going to be kind of happening next. Yes, and it's the stories behind the creation of the show, mm. which will be coming out, and I think people will be pretty amazed by. We're, we're getting a little bit of an insight of that today. That's fantastic. Um, and and one thing that's really um, intriguing people is who's Cledwin? Where's Cledwin come from? From Anglesey. So he is an he Anglesey is, guy. Is a character actor. Um, so something else that we set up with ITV was specialists in Welsh language and culture. Okay. So you might have seen in the press recently that um, ITV have appointed some um, specialists, um, Garfield and Sean Lewis from Llangurnew, which is seven or eight miles inland yeah, towards yeah. Llanroost. Uh, mm-hmm. And what we wanted to do was to make sure that the language was respected, that the culture was respected, yeah. and that there weren't cheap jokes made at the expense 
Yeah, yeah. So. I can see I can see why because um we do need to have like you say that respect for our culture um and for the Welsh language and we're all anybody from Wales are really proud of our culture and our language aren't we and to have that on a platform a worldwide platform we want it to be portrayed in the right way don't we um so just moving on from that i think um and looking what's going to happen in the future then so we're trying to work that out really um it's such a strange year because you never know what's going to happen next with covid so you put plans in place and they have to change. You know, you, you open up, then you have to shut down. And that's been very difficult. So what we do know is that the fee, which was relatively small from ITV, is going to be invested in putting some roofs back on the main building because we want to get people to enjoy and see the place and what I would be really interested to hear from from your viewers is what they would like to see as part of this kind of post-I'm-a-celebrity experience at the castle. You know, we've got ideas ourselves. It would be great to see what people would like, you know, so whether it's like sleepovers in the camp or it's to have a go with some of the trials or to see some of the objects that have been used... It's those sorts of things. Give me a go with the trials, please. I would love to have a go with these trials. I've always wanted to go. We're not going to be doing anything with fish guts (laughs) or live animals, I think. No, 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 (laughs) no. But it's, um, it's, it's, it's something different that for ITV, they haven't done this ever outside of Australia. So it's all Mm. brand new in a very delicate location because the castle is very historic. It's got important grounds and park. So it's been a real test for them as well as as for us. Um, Because it's very strange to see, you know, it suddenly transform into something absolutely remarkable. Um, But we we are custodians of the place. You know, we're only part, you know, there's 2,000 years of history there. We're just a speck in that kind of... So the castle is actually 2,000 years old. So there's the site is yeah. incredibly historic. So there's pairs of Iron Age hill forts either side, a Roman shrine. There's a battle site, so lots of um, battles took place. There's Roman lead and silver mines which run through the through the castle. The core of the building is medieval and it was rebuilt in 1810. The family, the Lloyds of Grich, had lived there um, since around about you know 1100 something like that the early earliest records and they were descended from the welsh princes so you've got so much in this one site you know it's not just a 19th century castle Castle, it goes back thousands yeah and and its name as well grich translates um into bristle or hedge and in arthurian legend which is all based in wales Mm. um king arthur was chasing a wild boar and the boar lay down, and the hillside is supposed to represent that boar, and the back, the bristles on the back of the boar, is supposed to represent the, the trees and the gorses, um, which are very bristly along the top of the the hill line. So you know it's embedded, embedded in like mythology and legend. Wow. Which is typical of Wales. Yes. Um, it's just that Greek hasn't really had its 
kind of moment in in the spotlight until now. Until now, isn't it? And it's it's having its day now, isn't it? It's really massive. And so, um, I believe, is it true that the German version of I'm a Celebrity are actually going to come through and and, and use Greek Castle? We've had lots of lots of meetings with them. They've been over. They love the place, but. It's COVID, you know, things have changed in Germany. So they were supposed to come in January, but that's now delayed. And so, fingers crossed, we'll be welcoming... The German version. That's fascinating. Um, And just to finish off, because we've talked through about yourself, your background and how you got involved with the trust and um, what's going on now with I'm a Celeb. Uh, um, But we're in this beautiful building, aren't we? Uh, Tia Crum, and this is part of the Greek estate, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, so just let us know about this beautiful place that we've come to interview in. So Tia Crum is the, the sea bathing house, so it was used by the Lloyds of Greek from round about 1700 onwards, and Tia Crum translates as the roundhouse, and there's originally a tower um, in the grounds of the cottage and it was either a medieval um, lookout or it was a lead smelting kind of chimney mm. so we don't really know um, but typical Welsh it's very descriptive so we know it was a round building yeah. so um, so when we bought here in 2018 it was a burnt out shell and there was a fire in the late 2000s and we wanted to to have a go on a small scale for, you know, this is a miniature version of the castle, basically, built by the family, built by the same masons. The windows in here are the same ones that are in the castle and Lady Emily's Tower, which is the tower on the hillside that you see. Um, The colours, this yellow ochre, is the original Georgian yellow. So there was a bit of plasterwork that survived underneath this staircase here. Yeah which we colour match, so we have this um, mixed in Abigail at Brombra Paints. Mm. And um, we've tried to recreate it as it would have looked when the Countess, who was the last of the family, used here with her children and grandchildren for playing on the beach. So they right. would come down. The beach literally opened onto the front step and it's on a promontory, so it's never flooded. Mm. So it's quite high up, so you get this amazing view from Pristatin, all the way over to the Great Hall. It is Hall. beautiful, isn't it? The, this whole panorama right outside this building, isn't it? Right down through to Rill and through to Clandidno. Yeah. So, so the idea is that part of the castle will be um, converted into holiday lets. So we tried that model here. So it is a holiday let, mm. and ITV have used it, and um, the castle trust use it for you know meetings like this. And um, it's it's just, it's really, I think for us, it's great for people to come and experience what it was like at the castle mm. and what it's going to be like as well. So you've tried to replica what it would have been like, um, you know, in them days when the, the Lloyds, did you say, were, were actually living at the castle. I'm very, very interested in this painting here, Mark. Uh, there's a big, big painting portrait on the wall as we're speaking, um, is that significant? Is who, Who's this? So I'm actually about 200 years old and um, 
Have you ever heard of Dorian Gray? Yes. So that's actually me when yes. I was All alive. Right. Oh. 150 years ago Um, but no joking aside um so we found this portrait got some features yeah um we found this portrait in a kind of a barn not far from here and you can see it's very very damaged so it's lost Mm. all of its detailing and we thought it was really kind of symbolic of what's happened to the castle that it had such riches and such kind of beauty and artworks, and then you know, it was allowed to decay. Yeah. But this portrait's of one of the estate managers from the First World War, and this is his 21st birthday portrait. portrait. And it was painted by an artist in Chester mm. in the 1890s. Okay. And this guy um, worked during the First World War managing the Greek estate, so we thought it was very fitting... For him to be put back up in here. I knew it would have a big significance to the castle, and it's a, it's a grand portrait, that isn't it? It actually stands out, doesn't it, when you enter the room? Um, so yeah, I think we'll uh, wrap things up now. Then okay, thank. Unless you'd like to say anything else, I mean, one thing that you would like, like you said, from the audience and from uh, local people generally, is what type of thing you can move forward with, what they'd like to see uh, being developed at the castle. And and what they can, how they can actually take part in that. So we will put that question out to people. I think the, the only last thing is um, we're doing a GoFundMe campaign for the electric in the water. Okay. So with you know, the show had fourteen million, over fourteen million viewers. It was the biggest ever. launch ever, ever for I'm yeah. a Celebrity, mm-hmm. and we were thinking, you know, if. Each of those people donated a pound. Okay. It would save the castle, open it back up, we'd create more jobs. You know, it's still, there's a £10 million first phase of work that we need to do. So we're going for a big lottery application in the new year. Mm-hmm. So the 300000 fee that we had from I'm a Celebrity is tiny it's tiny that's going to pay to what you need for <laughs> part of the roof to go back on right but then we've got to kind of fundraise the rest um so if anyone wants to support they can go via our website donate a pound donate as much as you want or as little so on your website you've got a gofundme page already set up yeah um i just Lastly, then, in regards to that, on Facebook, uh, I'm sure you've seen lots of activity going on and comments about the I'm a Celeb um, uh, things going on. And they've got a Facebook page. And I'm, are you on that page? And maybe post the uh, GoFundMe um, link onto that page. I think there's 13,000 people on there, Mark. Yeah, so what we did, actually, that's, that's just reminded me. So we set up with The Real Journal and Daily Post and ITV and The Castle an official Facebook group so that we could put exclusives in there. So you set that up with... Oh, right, okay, because I'm I'm on that. Because we wanted to make sure that the local press had kind of exclusives, that it wasn't always going to, like, you know, Daily Mirror, Sun... Etc. So um, Ant and Deck recorded a special message did, for the people did, yeah. of Abagala yeah. and the surrounding areas. So that was sent to us, and um, we posted it um, to say thank you because 
people have been so, so kind of generous. Like, there's a lady from Real, I think, baked a cake in the shape of a castle for Aunt's birthday. Right, OK. So, and have you seen the letterbox tops, the knitted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah, great, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. yeah, they're dotted around as it's well. It's just, I think it's great, it, isn't it? It gives people a focus during such difficult times. Yeah. A bit of escapism. Yeah. And it's been so miserable and dire. And yeah. Yeah. People have gone through so much over the last few months, haven't they? And to have this just come about in locally as focused people on something quite positive and quite fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's fantastic. And thanks for the work that you've done around no, that. No, it's a pleasure. Um, um, I'm a public hope... servant, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one, just one last point. I think you can see a reflection in in the actual campmates by the the way that they're interacting that they've all had traumas like we all have yeah. during the last year with the pandemic that they bonded really well and um there's not that kind of infighting and mm. so on i think they're just so kind of pleased to be able to do something and you know i think that's really interesting that it's it's a slightly different psychological setup there is yeah it is quite different to what we've seen in australia um part of that from a big big fan i think is the fact that they're getting more food at this point and have had more food than not what they would traditionally have had in australia the task have been a lot more difficult i think in australia mm. because of covid obviously there's many restrictions around the tasks yeah. where people can go and what they can do um but i think it's made it a different um, environment and an enjoyable one to watch as well. So it's um, I'm really enjoying watching it. Good. Uh, yes, Good. and I, I don't know who my favourite is yet. Mark, have you got a favourite before we go? Um, <laughs> I. It's hard to say. Someone who I've been really impressed with. I think Jordan North is kind of. I like Jordan. He's yeah, funny. He's kind of. He's hilarious. <laughs> totally. But um, happy place. Happy place. I know. <laughs> But I'm really impressed by Victoria Derbyshire as well. I like Victoria Derbyshire. Because you've seen yeah. her on the, on news yeah. programmes. Yeah. But she's just been really, really she's engaging. She's a nice lady. Yeah. Nice lady, isn't she? But yeah. all of them have yeah. been lovely. Yeah. Um, and like hearing, is it Ruthie's kind of revelations about... Prince Edward. Yeah. 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 So... There's some revelations going on. I wonder whether it was him she kissed behind the wimpy or whatever it was, her first kiss. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? She didn't reveal that. But my favourite's Mo. Yeah. Mo Farah. Yeah. I love Mo Farah. What a lovely guy. Yeah. Lovely guy. So, yeah. Happy. Cool. Thank you. Uh, thank you very Before much. We do, though, though, um, do you have, I don't suppose, any sort of inside scoops? Uh, obviously, being the man that's running the castle, I say running the castle, running the trust and stuff like that. Is there any like, special rooms or anything that we should be keeping an eye out for? Any special tasks happening in certain parts of the castle? Yes, there will be, but I can't say. Oh, do you know everything? Do you know all, what's going to happen? Have you seen scripts and things, have you, Mark? No comment. Oh! <laughs> well, but um, I can confirm there's no central heating. There isn't. There is no central heating. Right, because that's been a... yeah. We've had a very mild two weeks yeah you know, it was like 14 15 degrees here yesterday yeah um so temperatures are going to be dropping so i think because aj there was the big issue with aj and taking his clothes off because he was too hot so there was speculation on whether there's some heating going on i think what it is <laughs> they've had some of the top kind of thermal clothing mm. sleeping bags and so on they've really kind of 
over-engineered it. Mm. And when you look at them, they're layered as well. Um, but something that was amazing that you'll see is um, all of the, the flames as well. Mm. Um, they, when I've been up there, they, because they're big torches, you know, with the flames coming out, yeah. They kick out the heat oh, right, okay. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, don't, you don't think of that, do you? Um, and just finally, I hope we get sorry. an invite. Sound, sound. I hope <laughs> said finally. Sound. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, know, yeah, don't, I don't mind. I can yeah. keep going. Me. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we can get an invite to Sound Radio. Can get an invite to some sort of exclusive interviews and things like that. That would be fantastic. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, but been great to speak to you. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Thank cool. you very much. Thank you. Great. Well, thank you. Sound Radio.